2: Smith,
3: off the hands of Richard Sherman. Well, I'm the best corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're going to get. Don't you ever talk about me. Who was talking about you? Crabtree, don't you open your mouth about the best. I'm going to shut it for you real quick. L.O.B. All right, before... And Joe, back over to you.
2: Now. So good.
4: On ninety five seven, the game. Uh,
3: first of all, Spadone, why are you putting that out there? Why are you putting the heebie-jeebies on oh, tonight? Robert Turban was on that team when it happened. I got you. And
4: secondly, Aaron Andrews, a pros pro. The way I, she navigated that? She did. Who was talking about Crabtree? <laughs>
3: Oh, okay. Sorry, I asked. It might be one of my. <laughs> it was really good. Favorite moments in broadcasting. So now you're gonna have to re racket Spadone, because the part where she <laughs> who is talking about Crabtree, the pause <laughs> where she just and it comes off sounding so like hallway of a middle school where she's just like. Who was talking about you? <laughs> totally. well,
0: I'm the best
3: corner in the game. When you try me with a sorry receiver like Crabtree, that's the result you're gonna get. Don't you ever talk about me? Who was talking about you? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so good. You're right. She handled it amazingly. Like because he was so lit up, and she's like, and she's like, what the hell, like. I've, I've, inter- I've interviewed everybody in these emotional <laughs> moments. Why are you screaming? What happened? What's the matter? Right. And then she followed up, and she want she's like, "Okay, now I get it a little bit." So let's talk about it. And he's like, "And he's gone." L O B. So <laughs> back to you, Joe. That's great. Uh, she had it great. Um, Aaron <laughs> Andrews had a lot of very memorable sideline moments. feels uh, feels great, baby. Oh, that was also, that was Aaron also Andrews. Aaron yeah. Andrews. Oh, absolutely. You're right. Absolutely. She blushed like a Christmas tree right after he said it. So, anyway, uh, other than that, I will say this about that memory. And Robert Turban, we expect to call in here uh, in uh, in just moments. And that is what's up next on the game, brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. And oh, by the way, uh, before we go back to that, want to shout out Charles in South San Francisco. Hey, Charles, we feel you. We love you. We thank you. Charles just ordered a Willard and Dibs. What are you hey, doing? Boy, Charles. What are you doing, sir? You shirt? are in charge, Charles. He just ordered one while we're sitting here doing the show. That's so cool. And uh, that's all at 957thegameshop.com. Thank you, Charles.
4: It's incredible. Yeah. And I'm, I've actually started looking at uh, baby onesies. For, a, for my baby Milo, what are you doing? Oh my gosh,
3: no. Can we make those? What are you pooing? That's what those need to say. Can we get a onesie that says, What are you pooing? Nigeria. What are you pooing? Come on, Milo. One what are you, for, got one one are you pooing? Thank you, Nora. One for my Milo. What are you pooing? Stop it. Seriously. We want to sleep. <laughs> What are you pooing? (laughs) No, that's actually perfect. Oh, we got to get those. Willard and Dribs. Matt, get on it. (laughs) Exactly. All right. So I'll say this real quick, though, about that L.O.B. moment. Richard Sherman. I think we all have these in life as sports fans. Do you have those memories? The moments that ticked you off the most. Sometimes it can be a loss. If somebody asked me, most painful sports memory, it's the easiest thing of all the 2002 World Series where I'm sitting there with a credential around my neck thinking, oh my God, not only are the Giants going to win, I get to go cover this clubhouse, their first ever San Francisco championship. This is absolutely like I was having an out-of-body experience. And then I had a different out-of-body experience as Spezio and Gloss and Rally Monkeys, and it just all fell apart. And leaving the stadium that night um, after doing post-game having people whack those thunder sticks on my uh, used Ford Explorer as I was leaving the uh, the parking lot. Easily, easily, easily the most painful sports memory I, I have as a Bay Area sports fan.
4: Uh, mine would be uh, 2001 North Coast Section Finals, uh, <laughs> coaching Drake, knee Archie Williams knee. at Dublin. We lost in four. But th- I was materially a part of that, so it doesn't really qualify for what you're talking about. I would say when the Cavs beat the Warriors in the NBA Finals. Yeah, that was that's tough. That's the one that hurt me. I had a
3: weird experience on that one because I was on the air while it was happening. So I had to like hold myself together. I was doing the stuff at Fox. It's Father's so Day, right? Father's Day. Father's Day doing the stuff at Fox. So it was not a local show. It was not a Warriors show. It was just yeah. like, and so I was, I think I was doing the show with someone who was rooting hard against the Warriors. And I had to like stay professional. It was brutal watching Kyrie hit that shot. And just be like, oh, and uh, yeah, the Cavs have taken the lead by three. It's just like I'm being ripped apart inside. But the reason I bring that up now, I have never been like so turned off by a player like I was by Richard Sherman in that moment. If you had told me in that moment, a few years from now, he's going to be on the 49ers, I'd have vomited all over the television set. I wanted to climb in that TV set and go get him. I was so turned off and annoyed by the way he was handling that, obviously by what had just happened in the game. I was like, and the funny thing was, my mind went to uh, very irrational places. Like for instance, I watched that and I go, oh my gosh, his agent is gonna be livid. This is out of line. This is, I mean, like, no I'm class. And, and and the opposite was true. Like he- he created a name for himself, which is very hard to do as a defensive player in the NFL. So I think his agent actually probably loved what, what happened. But in the moment, I'm like, this is just, oh my gosh, the world is going to turn well, on Richard out, Sherman. He had no agent. He was his own agent. Well, he ended so, up being, next time I around, think he had one at the time. He probably yeah, did, I think yeah. he had one. I, In fact, I know. He was with CAA at the time. So I'm with you, though, in yeah. terms
4: of like, I didn't like that uh, in obviously... You know, for it to happen in the way it happened, the Niners again lose to Seattle and the arrogance of of Richard Sherman. But I was right with you in terms of well, no way does he ever become a 49er. I
3: know. And that turns out he, he was a good 49er. He's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, it's you good know, Niner. again, and that's what's so funny about this stuff that we watch and go through. Like, the, the, it's always so unpredictable. If you, again, if you told me in that moment, flash forward to, and what year was that, Spadone? What what year was that game? Twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen. Thirteen. Okay,
4: man.
3: You had told me in that moment I was in my parents' living room. We watched that game because I think it was right. It was probably over the uh, over the holidays or that whatever. Late January, January, January. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm at my parents' house and we're watching that game. And I was so angry at, at Richard Sherman. If you had told me six years later, you will be in the building celebrating his interception of Kirk Cousins in the NFC Divisional Playoff game. I mean, that's the craziest thought you could have thrown at me. And isn't that something that repeats itself constantly? We are going to watch a football game tonight where Brock Purdy is going to try to clinch the NFC West in week 14. I mean... It's absolutely just a ridiculous story. Um, the idea of being able to function with a third quarterback is unprecedented, quite frankly. Um, and I'm sure some of you, oh no, wait, there's when the third quarterback back in 19 feet, whatever. Like, and I don't know where this is going. You make a fair point when I bring up how impressed I am with Kyle Shanahan in this moment. I've always been impressed. I think he's a phenomenal coach, and I did before this, but I think this is a great sort of data point to show people you can hold a locker room together, you can call a play that three different quarterbacks can go out there and use and use on the fly and win football games. Absolutely, Uh, Incredible. And and right up there with anything that Kyle Shanahan has done in his career. And I say that now not even knowing where this season is going to end up.
4: Right. And depending on where it ends up to me depends on where Kyle Shanahan ultimately ranks in the Pantheon and where this season would rank in the Pantheon. Because right now, yeah, it sure looks very good in terms of you had Trey Lance as your quarterback. And your young starter, the young star that you've been waiting for for an entire year, you moved up to draft him. Everything's going to be built around him and gone. And then you got to turn back to a Jimmy Garoppolo who you didn't really want. He didn't want to stay. And you know what? You turned that into a quite a nice, impressive run and then gone. And now you got to go to a third quarterback, the first ever Mr. Irrelevant to not only start, to not only play, but the first ever final draft pick to throw a pass. And now you've gone through seven quarters, and we're all thinking still about Super Bowl or bust. It's definitely a testimony to Kyle Shanahan. And you remember, Mark, at the very beginning of the year... I said, this is going to be a Kyle Shanahan year. You did. Yeah. And I said that built on the fact that I thought it would be Trey Lance. How can you get this rookie quarterback, and I thought that he would play more than a game and a half, but how could you get this rookie quarterback to be successful around all this other great talent? I thought it would be a Kyle Shanahan master class. I didn't know that it was going to be the same thing with Brock Purdy. To, to
3: this level. To right? this level. By the way, and I don't even know if this is a compliment to Kyle or not, but off of his coaching tree, you could Make the case that something uh, not similar, it's different, but it does have some connectivity to it is happening with the New York Jets. Oh, Um, you know, who's another third quarterback playing right now? Technically, Mike White. Mike White is a third quarterback. Zach Wilson was their starter, Joe Flacco was their backup. They turned to Mike White he he he's holding it together and now they're doing it with defense but still they're well, 7 you can and say six. this teams doing it with defense you can but i mean their offense i mean <laughs> you guys played two games they've scored over 30 points in both of them so they're doing it with both yeah uh right right now uh but the jets are 7 and 6 and and have built a culture and that's the thing where i feel like we don't talk about Shanahan enough it's the culture the guys got to understand that coaching in the NFL, in any sport for that matter, we get so focused on play-calling. The Play-calling. He ran the ball. He should have thrown the ball. Gosh, he ran Debo up the middle. Stop doing it. Play-calling, play-calling, play-calling. Do you know how hard it is to put together a group that doesn't fall apart when there are differing opinions in the room? Trey, Jimmy, Jimmy, Trey. And then everybody starts getting hurt and you fall down to somebody named Mr. Irrelevant as your quarterback, the locker room should have broken by now. And in fact, the opposite has taken right, place. Yeah. He gets so much credit for that. If you talk to 49ers, okay, actual players, they will tell you, Kyle's the damn man. He's the man. And so while everyone's like, he ran the ball on third and to stop, he's done a phenomenal job. With this program, from the moment he got here, and I just I don't want to hear about the record anymore. A situational just play calling yeah. is still a situ is a
4: thing, and until you win the big game, no, no one's perfect. But no, he's I'm done not, a great I'm, job. not asking him to be perfect, but you do need to get to the point where. You win the big one. because, And this is where, right now, he is alongside Jim Harbaugh. And I go back to that game that Spadoni played the cut of the year before they went to the Super Bowl. Then they come back the following year. Kaepernick runs for 130 yards, 11 carries, a buck 30. Uh, Kendall Hunter, 16 yards rushing. Frank Gore, 11 carries, 14 yards. So Uh he basically didn't have the same offense that Kyle Shanahan has, and yet he went to -to back-to-back. NFC Championship games Jim Harbaugh did, so Kyle Shanahan has got to take this team, even with the third string quarterback. You have enough to where you should still be able to make
3: a deep run like coaches before you with the 49ers have done um, are we assuming right now people that uh, uh, and I'm hopeful that this is a precursor to the game tonight that the Seahawks just aren't going to show up is that what we're doing with Robert Turbin yeah alright so uh, we'll well, he move- didn't show up that night we'll either he had two carries for six yards there you go And he had no <laughs> yeah. carries for no yards today he so catch. Uh, Herm Edwards in 15 minutes let's replace Robert Turbin with all of you Joe in San Jose Joe you're on with Willard and Dibbs what are you doing
5: Thanks for taking my call. I'm super excited about tonight's game. I don't know if you realize it or not. Um, San Francisco has a unique luxury uh, going into uh, this game that no other team has. If we win this game tonight, we got three bye weeks going into the playoffs huh. without making our situation worse. Philadelphia doesn't have this luxury. Kansas City doesn't have this luxury. We have it. So I, I want to get your opinion on... What do you think about winning the game tonight and shutting the team down and getting them healthy for the playoffs? That's okay. a great call. Can, right. can
4: we please rack him? Because this is what I said earlier in the week. And I don't know about a full shutdown, but he's right. If you win this game, 10-4, and four, you cannot hurt your position at all. You're the guaranteed three
3: seed, Mark. You do not feel this way, do you?
4: I didn't say that I want Hold a complete on. shutdown. Okay. I do want guys to be... Absolutely, bubble wrapped players who are wow. injured. You don't. You're not going to go out there and play all these guys in all three of those games. That would be stupid. Um, I, I, a great I'm not. Call. I'm not going to suggest all
3: three. And and Joe, look, Joe is right about one part. Rack Joe. And you can rack him all you want. I. That's fine. Put it over on the spice rack. We'll we'll use it once a month. I, I like. He's right about one thing. It's this. The Niners, if they win tonight, have a luxury that the rest of the teams in the league don't have. But we have had an annual conversation about whether or not bye weeks in the playoffs are a good thing. Ask the Green Bay Packers if they loved their bye week in the playoffs last year and then came out and couldn't score and never did and played one game and went home. Rest versus rust is a constant conversation in the NFL. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know the perfect answer, but I do. If you're talking about a whole month, you can't take three weeks off in the NFL and expect your team to come out after that and play well. No way. So if you want to talk about week 18... If you want to talk about the second halves, of fourth quarters of games where you have a big lead, would I suggest you pull guys earlier? But here is the bottom line and the fact, Jack, the 49ers starters stay in all three of these games, even if they win tonight. And, I, I, like, I'm not even telling you that's what they should do. I'm just telling you that's what they will do. Well, not, not all of
4: them and not all
3: the games. All of them. And if you look at
4: the history of the top two seeds in their first playoff game, and I know you've done so, Mark, what happened to Green <laughs> Bay last year is an outlier because the teams that have gotten the bye since 1990, number one seeds win at about a 75% rate. Well, they're also the number, number one two seed. Well, so was Green Bay. Right. I didn't... So you're making a point about Green Bay, rest versus rust. No. They got beat
3: by a very live Niner team on a... God awful snowy I mean, frozen Lambo. We've watched the number one seed often come out after the bye and not look like the number one seed. Of course, they're going to win most of the time. They're the number one seed. And by the way, three and five and since you, 1990. And if the 49ers have a totally locked situation come week 18, we'll have a healthy conversation about what they should do in that specific game. But the idea of doing it for three weeks, no way.
4: No way! Certain players with certain injuries are going to be given certain amount of rest time. If you're hurt, sure. Well, you even might, if you're banged up. No, like a guy no. like Christian McCaffrey. They're all banged knee, up. If, if Christian McCaffrey's got knee irritation, I think is the expression, you don't necessarily want to play him in all three games.
3: Uh, you're playing him in at least two. And by the way, at the start of this whole thing, at least for a little while... The 49ers will and should be activated, even though it doesn't feel like a big deal to us. They should try to go get the two-seed if they can. They absolutely should. Can you imagine if the 49ers go into smoking jacket mode, and (laughs) and then in week two of the playoffs, they lose a road game in Minnesota? They'd get torched, rightfully so. You've got to keep playing your football games. There is no win. Yes, if somebody's injured and you're kind of 50-50 on whether they should play, sure. Sit it out. But the idea that they're just going to bubble wrap people for a month. You cannot expose Brock Purdy to that (laughs) level of uh, of violence. What happens if you lose Brock Purdy? Then it's football and people get hurt. (laughs)
4: And it's Josh Johnson. We're going to go to our fourth QB
3: and try to make a deep run. So you're suggesting... Bubble wrap Brock. So you're suggesting... That someone who has <clears throat> one career start—it'll be two. It'll be two by then. Now we're gonna put him on the shelf until the. This guy needs reps, man. He needs to play. Like this is inherent in the NFL. Every Big game's a risk. Rest, Brock. Uh, yeah, man. I'm just out of on the Elf on the shelf, on the shelf uh, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Armando, Armando and San Leandro. Hey, Armando, what are you doing?
2: what's going on gentlemen just pump some gas at costco i know the price it's under four bucks baby oh it's
3: so good what what is the uh, costco gas price right now what'd you just pay armando
2: three dollars and 85
3: cents oh. <laughs> i tell you what congratulations to you what kind of car do you drive armando therefore how big is the tank therefore how much was the total bill a lot of questions
2: it was not bad. It was uh Honda Odyssey, uh, 16 gallons, only
3: $62. Yeah, that's my... my thank you. Play it again. <laughs> if I can fill up my tank for less than $70, oh, man, i take an extra lap around the uh, around the block just to burn some yeah. of that gas. I feel so good. That's beautiful, gentlemen. That's beautiful. Yes, yes. Sir. Right. Yes. Sir. Which All Costco right. were you What's at, that? by the way? I, what? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, how much toilet paper uh, do you, you have in your
4: trunk right now? Which Costco? Because I have my Bay Area Costco ratings that are coming out later today, and I, I just want to know which one you were at. The one right on A Street in Hayward,
2: California. Hayward, Very strong. Hayward, California. Long lines at
4: that gas station, but uh,
3: quality, quality merchandise at that Costco. Go ahead. All right, Armando, what do you what do you got on the uh, the Niners and Seahawks? Oh, let's see. The Niners? No, I
2: wanted. I, I was uh, listening to you guys talking about uh, the moment that still triggers you, that moment for me. Yes. 1980, 1988 World Series, because I was 21 back then. I smelled, I ate, I drank Oakland A's 24-7 and that 88 crushed me.
3: Yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that crushed everything. If there's one time in the history of this city where A's and Giants fans were united, it was that World Series. Um, because there is a, a, an A's-Giants rivalry, but boy, it, it, it can get shoved aside to beat the Dodgers anytime. So, yeah, the Kirk Gibson home run and all the junk that went with that World Series. Mickey Hatcher, oh my gosh, vomit in your mouth. Mickey Hatcher, all those guys. That was a brutal World Series. Oral Hershiser, oh. former
4: Giant, had a boy bulldog. Former Giant, had a boy. What a year he had, though! You, you got to tip he your cap amazing. to the season he, he had. Fifty-six scoreless for uh,
3: for Oral, but that I'm sure he cheated.
4: And uh, I wonder if that's a former Giant you're talking about there.
3: I can't yep. believe you would turn on one of your beloved yeah, orange yeah, like that. what former Giant would have cheated? I've never thought of an idea like that. Not anyway. even
4: one. But <laughs> yeah, that, saw one yesterday. And <laughs> I wonder if that if the Gibson home run happens uh, now. Uh, if we don't like the conspiracy theory on the ball, did they bring out a special ball? Oh, I think they got that thing was like a golf ball. Uh, the I way it they, came off, I the think bat. they
3: got to check his belt before he gets to the dugout. He shake his pants, make him pull his pants down. Seriously, do a pirouette. Let's see what you got going on nobody in there, Kirk.
4: Hit ek that year, <laughs>
3: nobody. That thing was a lazy fly ball to right. <laughs> Seriously, uh, Matt in the city.
5: Hey, Matt, you're on with Willard and Debs. What are you doing? I am picking my dad up from hip surgery. Um. Anyway, is your dad Draymond Green? No, go ahead, Matt. No, nah, he, he's uh, way more composed than that. That's good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, no, I was calling because you know everything you guys said about the culture and what Kyle's built. I think you're dead on all the way down to the little things, like bringing back the the '94 throwbacks and the Western font, and you know, kind of reestablishing what made us great in the first place, even in those little details. The one ding I have now in light of, you know, this this Brock Purdy surgeons that we've seen here is he was the guy brought in to develop or identify and find that quarterback. And this guy's been sitting at the bottom of the depth chart all season while we watched Jimmy get us field goals in the red zone and (laughs) walk out the back of Denver's end zone and look very sketchy at times. And now he puts up 230 burgers against legit teams. If he wins tonight to clinch, at what point is that, you know, I know winning cleans all problems, but at what point do you go, hey, Kyle, you know, what, this guy's been here the whole time. If you were in an office and suddenly the intern gave an idea and revenue tripled, that manager would kind of be on the hot seat to be like, hey, man, are you looking at all corners here? Because well I,
3: I, you know what matt I, I got a hard time with this for two reasons number one seventh round quarterback uh, i I don't, I don't care what he ends up looking like there was no scenario where you 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 would be like yeah let's put him in because also here's the other thing your jimmy g take is 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 not fair this guy was on a five game win streak when he left so it would have been six if Brock had started all those games. He would have beaten Kansas it City. is six. You know what I mean? Like I, I made a promise when Brock came in, and I'm going to keep it. I'm not using his good play to to then downgrade Trey and Jimmy and what they've done or we haven't seen. Like that's not. It's not right and it's not fair, Jimmy it's Garoppolo. It's impossible to do. And Jimmy Garoppolo was playing really good football. He was the, the Denver game. You're right.
4: He stunk. Well, 14 and the, TDs and three picks for Jimmy G on the year. I think that's the numbers. That's what he was looking at. And it's you know we could go back revisionist history and say, oh, what if Jimmy G would have gone elsewhere? Could Brock have done what Jimmy did? I mean, you he's, never know. He's
1: seventh round
3: quarterback. It's all sponsored by Lucky California. Herm Edwards, You play to win.
1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
3: Uh, Oh, Robert Turbin. The Seahawks do show up. We'll move him to 11, and uh, we'll talk to him in just a little bit as well. You also, 888-957-9570 on Willard & (laughs) Dibs. Now back to...
2: Now back to Willard and Dibs. Take it away, Mark. Oh, Steph.
3: Steph, Steph, Steph. Doc Chow, who is kind of like, um, for me, Pandia Extended. Those are the two docs that I follow on Twitter and, and listen to what uh, they have to say. We made Chow, <laughs> by the way, here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, easy. He was the San Diego Chargers team doctor. He
4: became a media doctor because of his affiliation with former Charger Lorenzo Neal, who would have him
3: on Joe Lohan, before Joe and Dibbs Flight 95.7. That's interesting because at Extra 1360 Fox Sports San Diego, where there were two former Chargers doing shows, I just think they may have a different take.
4: I wonder what the timeline on like that was versus the, uh, the anyway. timeline of of his oh, arrival no. here in a <laughs> in a real big market, not some
3: podunk San Diego wow. market. Anyway, <laughs> so, um, so um, it's true; it's a one sports town, Those four people down there, I know a lot anyway. of my best friends are down there. <laughs> anyway, uh, as long as they keep yelling beat I love them. <laughs> but um, but anyway, Doc Chow uh, just wrote on Twitter. Uh, this injury for Steph Curry more significant than last year, which, in the immediate term, I'm like I, I don't. He didn't injure his shoulder last year, so I guess he's referring to the foot at the end of the year, which cost him what two weeks. So he's saying more significant than that. I think, uh, although I, I think we even thought then that injury for Steph Curry last year he could have played if it were. Playoff games and and they weren't so they didn't and you know we get all of that but uh, yeah I'm bracing myself I think everybody's bracing themselves to hear something along the lines of a month and and maybe even more maybe even more so as you pointed out there's no wiggle room with their record right now and uh, and if this is going to go into January or God forbid even February then. Um, the first thing I would say is Jordan Poole has need to snap, he needs to snap his fingers and become a different basketball player right
4: now. If only that's the way it worked, uh, I would feel good about their chances to navigate these upcoming games. If if it was as easy as snapping your fingers and having Jordan Poole become the Jordan Poole that he was last year and the year before and the player that he was trending toward becoming, I wish it were that simple. But, uh, man, the way this team has played, and it's more than just their devastatingly bad road record. They haven't really looked outside of that Boston game. Mark, that Celtics game from last Saturday night, watching that game made you have all the feels of a championship team. But other than that game and a few other instances... They have not looked like that same team.
3: Yeah, no, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. And I I think there are moments where you start to, if you look at the timeline of the year so far, they really tried to sell the idea early. Hey, there's a lot going on on this bench that you don't know about. Remember, I mean, how long ago does it feel like when they were asking James Wiseman for real minutes? Feels like it was like... Like 2019? (laughs) Six months ago. Right. At least. And so they worked their way out of that. And they did become a different-looking team, still not dominant by any stretch, but they've been dominant at home. They've been woefully ineffective on the road, but they looked like a much more competitive basketball team. And then we got to the portion of the show where they were compromised. And now they're really, really, really compromised. I don't know how long Wiggins is still going to be out, but... Doc Pandia, courtesy of uh, UCSF Health, mm. indicated
4: that it probably would be about seven games, I think. And How many f- games in are we? I think yeah. four or five. Okay. He was saying okay. something about, like, uh, this weekend might be when he, you know, he could possibly come back.
3: Or, yeah, maybe he misses the rest of the trip. The rest right. of the trip goes through the middle of the next week. But somewhere in there uh, would expect him to be ready to go by Christmas Day. So, if Steph Curry's going to be out until January... Here's the good news, and here's the bad news. I'll go bad news first. The bad news is, is what has happened to this point, this changes the entire urgency timeline, if you will, for the Warriors. Now, we all might have had a different answer in terms of what the urgency timeline was. Um, Oh, they're only 14-14. and They're 14-15. and Don't worry. It's the Warriors. Just chill. They're only five games out of first. All these things are true, and I firmly believe that After we get to 2023, things were going to look different. And whether it's they go on a run or they just become more consistent, or you don't need that great of a record this year in the Western Conference, whatever, I firmly believe that that was going to work out. Now, this changes everything. And again, I'm still going to say until we know for sure if he's going to miss multiple weeks. If that's the case, now because you're 14 and 15, and the rest of this road trip probably looks really bad. Now the urgency probably moves from what? February to January? Like early January, I would suggest. The good news is this: If Wiggins comes back and Jordan Poole can firmly tell himself, "Now I'm a starter again, and you're making over a 100 million dollars, the responsibility is there, and they have all the talent they need to still at least win games. They still have what they need, provided Jordan Poole starts to look like himself again.
4: It's more than that, but that it would be the number one biggest factor, I think, in terms of how they could navigate this between now and whenever Steph comes back. If you think about Steph missing four to six weeks, let's say he misses six weeks, which puts him out through the end of January you're talking about 25 basketball games that's almost the entirety of the season that they've played right now you've got four more on this road trip then you do come home for an eight-game homestand which is a crazy long stretch of games
3: and from- some 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 teams in there that aren't you know, terribly scary.
4: Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, like Charlotte's a team that you're not too intimidated by. Portland hasn't been great. I think Orlando's in there. Or yeah, Detroit teams that uh, yeah. it's revenge games for the Warriors because <laughs> you lost to both of them. Right. So and you don't look past anybody. Certainly when you don't have Steph Curry, but you got four on the road, eight at home, and then five on the road. So of your next 17 games, nine road, eight home. Then you've got three more home games, and then you've got. One more road game. So 21 games between now and the end of January, if, in fact, Steph was going to miss <laughs> that much time. And, you know, you've got Brooklyn a couple times. You've got Memphis twice in that stretch. It's not an easy schedule. No schedule is. But if you could navigate that at about 500, then I would feel better about yeah, you know what that, you're going to be able to
3: do. I think that's a really good goal. Like, it, it, Remember where the Boston Celtics were late January yeah. last year. They were, eh, shrug your shoulders, whatever. And then poof, off they went to become the best team in the East and end up two wins shy of winning an NBA championship. So even if he's going to miss January, I I, I wouldn't say, because I already see a lot of people have said, if he misses six weeks, that's the end of this season. No, it's not. No, it's not. It is if they play like this. The scariest part of it all is that the Warriors have achieved this record 14 and 15 with only two road wins <laughs> they've achieved that with steph with peak steph so now what would we expect this team to look like without him is a 500 record through that you just detailed through that time is that even realistic or is that a pipe dream but if they can do that and you get to february one and you're even just a game or two below 500 hundred, be 24 and 26 in my scenario you're fine Quite frankly, you're fine. I agree. I don't think the Western Conference will have gone anywhere. You're not going to be the one of the two seed, but you're fine. All you need to do is be, I think, right now I still hope for top four. That might be a little bit of a ridiculous thought. Top six is what's probably necessary. You can do it out of the seven through ten, but I don't think realistically. But if you get to even end of January at 500, you're not You're not dead. You're not dead. The thing is, to play 500 during that time, I'm sorry, you're right. There are a lot of things to happen, but none of them matter if Jordan Poole doesn't start playing better basketball.
4: Well, Andrew Wiggins has to play
3: basketball. Yeah, he'll be healthy,
4: right. And also, if you think about it in terms of the reality, and again, we are hypothetically putting Steph Curry out through the end of January. We don't know yet until we see the MRI and we get an official diagnosis about Steph Curry's shoulder injury. But for the sake of this discussion, you also have to look at the back-to-backs, because you won't have Clay Thompson. Utah is the second half of back-to-back on the 28th. The Wizards on January 16th. So you only have two back-to-backs that you'd have to navigate without Clay And obviously without Steph, you're hoping to get Wiggins back. And you're holding your breath about Draymond's health as well.
3: You know, it's interesting uh, that that uh, you've mentioned a couple of times, if we're looking at Jordan Poole, it's not just that he's not playing well, but the question is why? Why? And I'm a big why guy. Well, I, uh, gosh. It feels like we've been waiting for some sort of brutal honesty from Jordan Poole. Why? For months now. And we're not going to get it. We're not going to get it. He's never going to tell us exactly how he feels about what happened in training camp. And you made a good point earlier. He may not know how he totally feels. Well, has anybody ever been to therapy before? Anybody? You go to therapy. Why do you go to therapy? Because you sit down and somebody else... Analyzes you, dives into your life, your world, and if it's working, I mean, at least a few times a month, you should be like, oh, oh, I didn't realize I was doing that, or I didn't realize that other person was doing this to me. I got sucked in and I'm just sort of bebopping along and I had repressed it or whatever. I have no idea what's going on with Jordan. And right, he might not either, especially, what do they say? Um, you know, people who study this stuff, isn't the brain not fully formed until you're like 25? Yeah, exactly. His brain not even fully formed yet. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it stands to reason that he's been, that's a lot. And I'm not making excuses for him, but if you go from the punch, to $135 million or whatever the hell that number ended up being, $35 million a year and, and the pressure and the microscope and people talking about it, it's a lot. And, and so I have no idea to what level those are the things that are weighing on him, but it does appear that some he's carrying something around that he did not carry around last year. I don't know what it is. It's interesting too, though, because I really felt and I firmly feel this way that watching the Warriors as a group, as of about two to three weeks ago, I went, okay, they've squashed it. Whatever's going on. And when Steph had the wild celebration off the bench and got tecked up, when he got tacked up on, and purpose, they all were laughing, and they were laughing and with great. each other. And by the way, how many times have we heard people go, "Boy, Draymond can't even be Draymond because he's worried about his perception." I don't know if you all noticed, but Draymond's Draymond again, okay? Wish you got, he wasn't. He got a fan thrown out on uh, on, on uh, in the Milwaukee game. I'm not saying that that was wrong. It was right. But got himself thrown out last night. He's talking about the pod coming back. Draymond looks very Draymond to me. Which cost I cost the team the, the basketball game last you night. You could make that case. I, I, I am just, making that case. Right, I don't, I mean, who knows what would have happened if he was One in of there.
4: only two players in the starting lineup to be a positive, and you get thrown out. So your best player gets hurt, and then you lose your temper. Well, I'm so mad at you officials, and I, I don't know how to contain myself because, man, no call's ever gone against me before. So I'm going to get thrown out. That's it. Don't do that. I just did
3: that. Don't do that. I will do that. You're not going to ask professional athletes to not be emotional on the field or the court.
4: I'm going to ask that professional athlete okay. who has got this
3: high basketball IQ and then yet, look, yet he acts like an absolute knucklehead. Look, the officials are frustrating right now and it's not their fault. Okay? It's not the officials' fault. All I'm saying, Mark, one postscript is you can't be like, oh, one of the smartest
4: basketball players I've ever seen and then still be a knucklehead and get thrown out of games. Sure you
3: can. You can, I mean, because he is both of those things. Right. So you can do that. So I think his basketball IQ is overrated. <laughs> well, I, I don't think that. I think that you can compartmentalize and separate those two things. And uh, Rappaport, I thought, with Bonte and Joe, especially as someone who doesn't live here, he did a great job of a quick characterization. He goes, I bet your relationship as a city with Draymond is not love-hate. I bet it's love-frustration. Yeah. Perfect. That's exactly what it is. We love Draymond. He is absolutely a huge piece of all the things that have happened through the years. And he is a basketball savant. And he drives you nuts sometimes. That's all fair. He wins you three or four games a year and he costs you three or four a year. Uh, He wins you a lot more than three or four games a year. There's no dynasty without him. That's all true. It's My, true. I mean, mean, we'll never know. I mean, we'll never know. Well, come on. I mean, yeah, we do. Like they've been, a, they've been a top five defensive team through this whole. Every time they win, not this year, and it, right? Every time they win, every time they've won a title, they're a top five defensive team, and he's the number one reason why. There's no, I don't know. If I haven't heard debating, him nah.
4: uh, beating his own drum about DPOY yet this year, well, which is what the, he does. He <laughs>
3: can't beat his own drum right now. Partially, that's because we're not hearing from him nearly as much because he doesn't have a. And pod. also
4: because defensively they're terrible. Yeah, and I, he, uh, if you're the best defensive player on the 26th best defensive team, you're not DPOY.
3: No, but I, I, I do think you should tap the brakes if you're just going individual on Draymond. He's played phenomenal ball this year. He's been good. He's been really good. He has, in fact, I mean, there's only three players who we can sit here and say, boy, they've had a great year and almost every night we're seeing them play at a high level. And that's Steph, Andrew, and Draymond. I, right? Uh, you're hating on Kavon, which is unfair. Okay, well, yeah, Kavon. And
4: Andrew I wouldn't include because... The number one ability is availability, and he's
3: missed, what, five now, well, six? Yeah, that's just over the last week or so. But yeah. he was having a very good year. Draymond good is, year. too. So, but the, the, the officiating point is this. I Everyone's frustrated now because the NBA clearly told all the refs to go out there and call a different game. They did. And, and at a certain point, I would ask this. When do you start to point the finger at your team for not adjusting? I watched Draymond Green last night right before he passed a ball, and I know what's happening to us fans. Our eyes don't move fast enough to even see this. We're so used to glazing over it. Draymond pivots, and then he jumps. He does both feet in the air and moves at the free throw line and throws a pass. I've watched basketball for 40 years. Nobody ever calls it, but now they're telling him to call it. So they're calling it, and all the guys are hands up in the air, like, what what the hell are you doing? Well, it's like... I don't know. It's been a month now. Adjust. They're go- they've decided to call traveling in the NBA. They never have before. But it's not the refs' fault. You traveled, right? So I don't know. Adjust.
4: Say that part again. You traveled. And another part about it. Not it's not the ref's fault. It's not the ref's fault. And adjust because they're doing what their bosses are telling them to do. This is where my frustration with Draymond. This is from where it stems because you are an incredibly smart basketball player and you watch more basketball than all of us combined, including Bonte with his beloved league pass, and yet you're not adjusting, and additionally, you're getting thrown out of a basketball game because you're not adjusting to that either. Because what did we see from the game against Milwaukee? There were nine technical fouls called uh-huh. in that game. So not only are the refs calling traveling more, they're also issuing technical fouls at a higher rate. Like it or hate it, adjust.
3: Right. Although Now here's the flip side to it, and I'm going to give the players uh, a, a nod here, although I do wonder... See, I don't watch games out of market nearly as much. And so I don't know if other teams are feeling like they're being targeted the way the Warriors do. It feels like these rules are coming down the Warrior way a little bit more than others. Jordan Poole, for example, with his carrying. There are tons of offensive players who do this. You should watch Luka play ball. Watch Luka play ball and tell him he doesn't carry every other time down the floor. And I haven't watched enough Dallas to know if, if, if they're calling that. But, but now here's the other side. When you are a physical performer, and that's what these people are, and you've learned one way to do it your whole life, these are experienced NBA players, Draymond, Steph, and you go out there and you're not thinking, you're moving, like this is all instinctual. And for years you've done it, and it's totally within the rules. Yeah. And then suddenly it's not. I mean, we can say adjust. That's probably not as easy as we're making it sound. It would be like you and I doing a
4: radio show and having the boss come down and say, You can no longer use words that start with the letter L. You just can't. So. Go ahead and do your show. Huh,
3: which words would I miss the most?
4: That's what I'm saying. So yeah, you're. Start- I can see you already trying to adjust on the
3: fly. How would we play the pre-NFL game? Win loss. We wouldn't we win. We have to play win loss, win defeat. So we'd have to come <laughs> up job. with new. Yeah, we'd have to good come good up job. with new ways on the
4: fly. Yeah. I will say this about the refs, and this is from Tom Haberstrow on Twitter, and I encourage everyone to go to Twitter and follow him. Tom's good. He says today. He did a whole deep dive on officials. Looking at this season, the NBA has given Golden State the most experienced referees. 1,256 years of total years of experience on their games. Interesting. There's a, a graph. The Warriors, the Clippers, Boston, they've gotten the most experienced referees this year. And if you look at the bottom, it's the Spurs, it's Philadelphia, the Knicks, it's Chicago. And he does a whole deep dive on the various you know officials that each team is getting in a small story and just to kind of sum summarize this the better teams the higher profile games get the more experienced
3: officials and so do, are the more experienced officials calling what they're being told more than the younger ones i would imagine that they're the better know. officials
4: yeah, yeah I, the better officials get the better games get the more high profile sure. games and they get to have the longer career so for everyone who wants to complain about the officials, imagine if you were Orlando or you know New Orleans, these
3: teams that don't get the same level of quality officials. Um, Oscar in Stockton wants to weigh in on this. Hey, Oscar, what are you doing? Oh man, just got to be pumping up some cheap gas out here. What's going on, fellas? Out of bed, out of bed. It's cheap gas day here at 95.7 again. What's up, Oscar? Hey, I'm in. I'm in Stockton, so you know we about. $0.60 cent cheaper than you guys down there in the bag right now. Yeah, yeah. It's going to take you about $5 to get here, though, once you're done filling up. But anyway, go ahead, Oscar. <laughs> uh, I just want to go. Hey, I, you know, I watch, I do have league passing. You know, I'm a
2: coach. I watch basketball every day, all the games. And like I say, I'm not sitting here for the start crying because I'm from the old school. They've been traveling and carrying, but they're, not, they're starting to call it this year. But they are targeting Jordan Poole. So I watch John Lorette. Like last night, you see Tyler Halliburton? Every time he cut a crossover, he carries the ball. Like you said, Luca. If you watch Luca play, he, he does it all the time. No. they got calling it. They're not calling it league wide. They, they definitely calling travel and carrying on the Warriors. Just watch Lee pass and you will see, and you'll realize, like, come on, man. Be, be fair across the board. That's all I say. He's still going to win it, and I hope Steph is okay, but he will be. Probably off a nut, but yeah, that's what teams
4: want too. They want it fair across the board. Consistency, sure. More Haverstraw, Mark, John Goble as a crew chief is calling six point one travels per game. The next highest is Tyler Ford at three and a half oh, travels.
3: Wow!
2: So
4: John that's Goble, a huge is, gap. Yeah, he's way far and above. Like the majority of refs are between Curtis Blair one point eight and Tyler Ford three point five. They're all in that two to three and a half Jeez. travels a game. So if Goble has the whistle for your team, get ready for a lot of Because that's
3: I'll what we're all, that's what we're all paying for. Can't wait to go see Jordan Poole carry the ball. The next Warrior yeah, game, no Jordan. I, I don't know that. That sounds that sounds a little over the top. Okay, uh, check this out. What's up next on the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises, and it's all sponsored by Bed Bath and Beyond. Guess what is w- next on the game? You know that whole football hour that we were going to do at ten a.m. You remember that? Yeah, remember that whole thing. How was and it? And Robert Turbin was like, "Who the hell are you guys?" And then Herm Edwards apparently double booked himself. Guess what? Let's just do it at eleven. Robert Turbin joins us next. Let's do it live. Herm Edwards Another joins Lord. us at 1130. Yeah! Oh! Let's get you ready to sit down tonight and watch the best coach in the NFL. His name is Kyle Shanahan. It's Thursday night football, and it's a clinch
0: party. We're doing that next on Weathered and Dibs. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?